Welcome to Light Readings, The Notebook Dump, where we take a look at things that were in our notebook this week. I'm joined by Jeff Baumgartner. Hi, how's it going? Mike Dano. Hello. And Nicole Ferraro. What up, what up? Yeah, not to be confused with George Santos. Or confused, whatever you want, doesn't matter. We're all it George. It all works the same. George is us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil is not. I, I just I just refiled for re-election. Uh, oh, so congratulations! Hope you'll contribute to my Smart. campaign. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Phil is not joining us today. He has a uh, uh, you know cashed in his retirement early, and he is on a island in the South Seas, never to be wow. seen again. Bye, Phil. Nice knowing you, Phil. Good luck. He's on one of those like wh- those surfboard thingies that are electric. I think I saw him. Oh yeah, leave on that. You know, like that. Like um, I don't know what they're bird. actually called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The American flag. He's just out there, like yeah, America. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe we'll see you again one day, Phil. We can only hope. All right, well, let's get into the notebooks. Uh, Nicole, let's start with you. What's going on? Oh, sure. Well, I, uh, I I took the a big trip back to D.C. this week for the Satellite 2023 show, the Satellite Industry Show. So I got to chat with some executives from Viasat and Hughes and SES about their plans um, and their thoughts on the big topic of the show, which I think was direct-to-device communications. Um, we should have those interviews posted early next week, so stay tuned. But I also wrote about the one other piece of big broadband news from the conference, which is that Amazon is planning to uh, launch its satellites for Project Kuiper. I think I'm saying Project Kuiper right. I usually just see it written. Uh, (laughs) It's forthcoming low Earth orbit broadband service uh, next year, and it's on track to get half of its constellations up by 2026. Um, They were very excited to confirm that they've had some tech innovations that allowed uh, them to get the cost of the customer terminal down to around $400 each. But uh, as an executive pointed out at the show, it's going to cost Amazon about $10 billion before they start seeing any kind of return on Kuiper based on their own projections. And of course, for additional context, they're coming into this market just as the United States is going all in on fiber and as Starlink, uh, it's you know, probably its main competitor is still struggling to figure out how to make this service uh, work profitably and and in a way that customers can actually afford. Um, so, but, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Amazon just successfully bought my doctor, so they can probably cannibalize whatever industry they want. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> other... Uh, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, wait, uh, sorry. Uh, more that's that, sl- please. <laughs> <laughs> purchase one medical so that's uh mm-hmm. that's that's the uh, whatever i don't want to talk about it i'm really annoyed oh, sorry. I, I thought that I, I thought i would personally squash the deal by through all of my angry messages to one medical through their app uh disagreeing with this merger but they they didn't take my advice whatever so my other main takeaway from the show is just that the directed device stuff uh feels like the early days of 5g the conversations around it um and, uh, you know, also that satellite sort of feels like it's in a similar position to cable, uh, kind of needing to reinvent some business models, struggling in some of the, like, you know, areas that it was prominent in previously and gaining new competitors in rural broadband. So uh, it's an interesting time to observe the satellite industry. It's my my takeaway. Yeah. with uh, I'm curious on Amazon because I, I read your story. It was really interesting. And I know they're not talking about pricing. 
at this point. But as far as like the, the target yeah. markets, are they really going to be residential? And, and uh, I don't know if they talked about speeds, but um, you know, if they're doing just residential, if they're looking at business, you know, maybe small business, but I don't know if they were talking about the strategic focus there. Yeah, I think it's both based on the the terminals that they um, show, showed off. Um, but when they were talking about, or when this executive was talking about it, he was speaking about you know the opportunity to reach the unserved and the underserved, and you know there was no mention of the F word anywhere, <laughs> or any mention of uh, the the U.S. focus on fiber. I did raise this with um, the executives I spoke to. I didn't speak with anyone at Amazon. They didn't have time for me. But um, <laughs> the I, I did point out to the other executives I spoke. To at satellite companies, you know the the U.S. is is spending a lot on fiber. Is that something you're you're worrying about? And are you rethinking your you know business model around that? And, and um, they you know claimed no, but I don't I don't believe them. <laughs> um, right. So I would say Amazon sounds like it is trying to go after you know the 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 fixing the digital divide with this service, um, and it remains to be seen if they can really compete in that area. Okay. Um, Nicole, the one thing I've heard a lot about with the Amazon is how they're going to get all those satellites up into space. Because with with uh, with Starlink and SpaceX, you know, SpaceX has that huge uh, rocket capability. They're launching all kinds of rockets all the time, and so that's how they're getting all those Starlink satellites up into space. And so, do you hear anyone talking about like how Amazon is going to get all their uh, satellites up into space? Yeah, the he did speak a little bit about the fact that they've acquired a lot of um, launch, launch capacity. Okay. So, um, and he, I think he was also talking about. Um, I think they're going to use a couple of different types of rockets to get their satellites up there. So, yeah, acquiring a lot of launch capacity, which I, I think other satellite executives were talking about, uh, not not so um, happily. Uh, about how much capacity is being bought up by the likes of Amazon and and SpaceX, uh, big tech, as they describe them. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of them are partnering with SpaceX um, on the launch side of things. So that's pretty interesting. Well, thanks, Nicole. Sure thing. Yeah. Uh, so I will go next. Um, I uh, recently... Um, talked to Sterling Perrin about some trends that he was seeing at the OFC show um, last week. And we talked a little bit about the 1.2 um, terabit trend. A lot of the optical providers, um, Acacia, Fujitsu, and Finera, Nokia are all um, have launched 1.2 um, T services, but Sienna to mix things up, skipped over it and did 1.6. Um, which will be commercially available in the first half of 2024. Um, so Sterling and I were, were talking about kind of what that means for the industry and also hyperscaler and service provider customers. Um, it's a little bit of a risky move. I mean, they have proven that the technology works. They've done demos, um, but each generation is more expensive um, than the last. So uh, as long as they can keep to their production timeline, probably be okay. But there is a chance, he said, that, you know, service providers might say, well, I'm just going to go ahead with the 1.2 uh, service. And so those are for, um, tend to be like long haul, um, subsea terrest and terrestrial networks. Um, so that'll, that'll be interesting, um, I think, 
to watch. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what, uh, you know, how competitors respond to Nokia's announcement. Um, and Sterling also mentioned that just in general, uh, the optical industry has moved away from, you know, how much capacity they can get on a single fiber since they've already like reached the Shannon limit to um, increasing capacity over longer distances. So some interesting things going on in optical. Kelsey, did you guys talk about, I think it, it just happened, but did you guys talk about the, the Reuters report that Infinera is for sale or, or was that, did was your conversation with Sterling before that? Uh, I think that was before that. Um, so no, we didn't um, discuss that, but that's pretty interesting development as well. Yeah. 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 Phil wrote about it and said that uh, Cisco might be a suitor for Infinera hmm. and um yeah, but that there's no deal that's actually happening yet, but that uh, Infinera may be up for sale, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I guess that makes sense that Cisco would do it since, um, yeah. I'm just like, my wheels are turning. <laughs> like, oh, that's very interesting. Hmm, we'll stay on top of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to ask Phil when he returns back uh, from that island. Um more about that. You mean if he returns? <laughs> yeah, if he returns. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, what's new with you? Uh, yeah, so it was a pretty busy week. Uh, you know, we're talking a day after uh, Light Reading hosted uh, this year's Cable Next Gen event uh, here in Denver, and it was the first time we were doing that show live and in person since 2019. Um, we didn't experience a uh, bomb cyclone this year, like we did uh, in 2019, but we are getting a few snowflakes today on, on getaway day for some people. Like uh, you can see uh, Mike, you know, he's up in Grand Lake and, you know, they got a little bit of snow. We got a little bit of snow down here on the lower elevations just for, for the heck of it. But, um, but it was great to get together and, and be in person after such a long stretch uh, for this event, <clears throat> just to get a chance to talk to people face to face uh, because also, and also because quite a bit has uh, happened, you know, during this phase. Uh, you know, Mike was there to help moderate and provide coverage, but I think one of the main takeaways for me was optionality and uh, out on the access networks because uh, cable operators aren't moving in lockstep uh, right now with their network evolution. Some are doing getting everything they can out of Doxus 3.1. Some are going to do 4.0. Some are upgrading to PON, even in the brownfield. So, and, and still some others are using fixed wireless in some scenarios. And I thought uh, Jamie Lenderman with Omdia really, I think she, she said it best by calling this uh, like the choose your own adventure phase of the, uh, the industry. And, and I mean, that, that's where I'm going to leave that piece there because this is a heads up to everybody listening. Uh, you can be on the lookout for a uh, kind of a recap podcast uh, that we did this week with um, I was there uh, with Mike and uh, Jamie. And um, so more on that to come. Uh, but I, but since that was the big focus this week, we're spending a lot of time on stage. I wasn't really as engaged with the, uh, the day-to-day -day news taking place. But um, one thing we did touch on was that uh, Casa Systems, Founder uh, Jerry Guo is stepping down as CEO, effective March 17th. So by the time you're listening to this, he's that's happened. Um, so that was a pretty big surprise. I don't know 
if anybody kind of outside the inner circle there saw this coming, uh, and then they didn't really get into the why of it beyond that it was characterized as a retirement, um, though Jerry's going to stay involved at CASA as a uh, board member. But it does come at a time when uh, CASA has been undergoing a little bit of a transformation. Um, They were founded 2003 and and were mainly cable network focused for many of those years, like with cable modem termination systems and nodes. And I think they made a pretty good go of it. Um, But they've also been evolving the business to become more uh, wireless and mobile focused and centric. And, uh, you know, they're getting some pretty good growth out of there. Um, But coincidentally or not, (laughs) the the company also disclosed that they're not going to be taking some orders from a a top customer in their initial phases of a uh, uh, cable network upgrade initiative. They didn't talk about who that was, but the, the analysts over at Raymond James assumed or presumed that it's charter because charter is moving ahead with, uh, Doxus 4.0 upgrades in, in some markets and distributed access and a virtual CMTS. And CASA historically has been, you know, the charter has been historically one of CASA's bigger uh, customers. So uh, so you kind of wonder, like, how does that factor in at all, right? And, and I can't say if it had something to do with the timing of Jerry's retirement or, you know, what it might mean for the future of CASA's business access business. But, um uh, you know, are they, are they going to try to continue to grow it during the DAA, DOCSIS 4.0 era uh, and cable operators shift to virtualization? Or is there an opportunity for maybe some sort of strategic transaction involving CASA's cable assets? I mean, that's all just pure speculation on my part, but uh, it does it would seem odd to me that this, that this was just some out of the blue retirement thing, but my gut tells me that there's much more to it. So uh, off to dig around on that one. Mm, fun. Happy digging. Yeah, thank you. Um, was there any discussion during the event about, um, you know, if there is anything beyond Doxis 4.0? I, th- I think you wrote recently about, yeah. um, was it Charter Comcast CEO who said, like, he, he saw beyond that, but others are like kind of skeptical about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The one year for, yeah. Charter CEO, Chris Winfrey did allude that, you know, something might come after 4.0, you know, some sort of advancement beyond that. He didn't really elaborate on what that might entail, but at the event, you know, we, on some of the panels I was on, we did kind of pose the question out there, Hey, is there life after Doxis 4.0? And, uh, we don't really know for sure because I think 4.0 is going to have quite a bit of runway, you know, like 10, maybe 10 years or more, possibly. We'll see. Uh, but there, if it, if you were to move cables uh, spectrum into like 3 gigahertz, like we're at like 1.8 with Doxis 4.0, there's a lot of challenges there with power and some other things. And I, I the, the feeling is if there is going to be something – to occur after that, there's going to have to be some big innovation in some of these areas. Uh, not that something couldn't happen, um, and there's some time to figure that out. Uh, but I think, on the other hand, some others agree that after 4.0, the next logical step, if you need to, is to go uh, fiber to the premises. So definitely a debate, some different opinions, yeah, but uh, that was something we, we did talk about. 
Interesting. Well, I'm glad the event went well and um, keep us posted on uh, those CASA developments. We will. Thank you. Um, yeah. Mike, what's been in your notebook? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on this week. Um, but the thing that I wanted to talk about uh, was a, a, re- a somewhat minor deal that sort of fell underneath the radar that I think is still worth at least talking about, which is uh, a company called Airspan. So Airspan uh, went public uh, uh, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, stock is still not doing all that all that well. But Airspan is one of about two dozen companies that make um, 4G and 5G radios. Um, they primarily sell to like, uh, they have some deals with cable operators. They do a lot of uh, radios for private wireless networks. They're not at all on the, on the scale of uh, uh, Ericsson or Nokia, but they're like worth watching because they're in the, you know, the 5G, 4G radio business. And this week, they quietly announced that they were going to sell um, their fixed wireless business to uh, uh, to Geo uh, in India for sixty million dollars. Um, so that was kind of a, a surprise move, and it but it makes sense because Geo um, in India is embarking on a huge fixed wireless. Um, business there in India. They've got huge deployment targets to offer fixed wireless all over the country. And so it does make sense for them to buy that Mimosa business from Airspan. Um, and it's also kind of interesting because it it follows along with the trend of network operators buying equipment. Um, that's a, We haven't really seen it in the U.S. equipment vendors. We haven't really seen that much in the U.S., but we've seen it internationally that there's some um, network operators that actually buy their own hardware, uh, you know, business. Um, but then, okay. So here's the interesting part though, is that after Airspan announced that, that sale, uh, to geo, they also announced that they are quote, exploring several strategic directions and (laughs) how vague can you get, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's for for, for those do of something. us in the industry. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> you wait and see. It'll be great. Pretty much. It's like, gonna be you pick your interest. Yes. Yeah, it reminds me yeah. of someone else who said a lot of vague uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is super vague, and it's it's really it's like it's sort of financial jargon that just means like, hey, we're we may pursue a merger or a sale or you know, some sort of major corporate uh, transaction is usually what that means. And so it's no telling what is going to happen. Maybe nothing. Um, but I did get in touch with Airspan to ask them like, hey, what's going on over there? They said, they told me that there are no layoffs, that they are refocusing the business um, to focus uh, a little more heavily on the private wireless network uh, opportunity uh, and so they're still they're they're going to pursue that sort of more heavily now with this uh, sort of all these uh, uh, activities that they've got going on. Um, but they but I asked them, you know, what does that mean? Exploring several strategic directions. And they said nothing additional to discuss at this point. So <laughs> I think it's fair to say that, uh, yeah, Airspan is um, Airspan is in play and we'll kind of see what happens to them. Well, I think, uh, yeah, and, you know, the geo Connection. I just kind of wonder, uh, right? If they're scaling up and everything, does that create an opportunity for Airspan to be a uh, 
you know, a bigger challenger in that category than they've been able to get on their own. It's really hard to say because that whole private wireless networking thing is is developing a lot more slowly than most companies had expected. I mean, Verizon came out and said, you know, we had hoped this was going to be a huge business and it's not. Uh, Del Oro lowered their projections on the space. And so, you know, it's it's hard to look at this that they're selling they're selling business, you know, Airspan is selling their fixed wireless business to raise money. They're exploring strategic options. You know, it. I think they're trying to spin that as like, hey, this is a good thing. We're, we're focusing more, you know, more carefully on private wireless. But you can also look at it from the perspective of maybe they're struggling a little mm, bit. Interesting. Great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a sounds like, yeah, it can go in one of nine directions. At this point, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they're saying, Definitely. yeah, that, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's, that's going to be fun for you to try to stay on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I think, I think that my conclusion is that they're in play, but we don't know which, <laughs> which direction they're headed. Yeah. Huh. That'll be interesting to follow. Well, thanks Mike. Um, as we wrap up since St. Patrick's day, uh, another, I think made up American holiday that Irish don't actually really celebrate in Ireland. <laughs> As far as I know. Anyway, I have a, a, a poll question for you guys. If you were to actually find a pot of gold, what would you do with it? Or if you met a leprechaun, what what would you do? Hmm. Uh, well, hmm. I, don't know. I was thinking, um, yeah, you know, with Nicole, <laughs> yeah, at the uh, satellite show and all the talk about rockets and things, I don't know, maybe... You know, would it get would it get me enough to book like a commercial rocket ride to the moon? You know, I mean, maybe that's a good splurge. Oh, Jeff has the best yeah. answer. That is awesome. Yeah, if I'm going to splurge, I'm going to do a moonshot. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I was going to end poverty, but oh. that's, that's well, not, that's like that, that kind of shows you. <laughs> Nicole's thinking about the benefits of the world. I'm thinking of the benefits of Jeff. You know, this. I'm, most of the people who with the pots of gold are, are blasting off into outer space. Uh-oh. So you're just doing the right thing. You're doing, you're uh, following the crowd. Well, that's, that's me. That's me. These days. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun Thanks. out there. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy your time on earth. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, what would you do? Would you oh, just like uh, go with Jeff? Yeah, totally. I would. I would book the. I'd book the seat right behind him so that I could. Well, uh, I was thinking, Mike. You know, you could make on. the play for airspan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I'll buy airspan. Either I'll buy airspan or I'll go with Phil to his island. One of those two things. Or next to me on the moon. I mean, you've got you've got a set of options. There you go. Well, yes. I think you guys could just land on his island when you come back. If you come back. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll splash down and, and swim over and hang mm-hmm. out and have my ties. Great. Yeah. How about you? Kelsey. Yeah. I would start a, like a pet, like a dog sanctuary. And hmm. I would just have so many dogs that I would rescue. And you guys could come visit me and cuddle with all the cute doggos. Well, it does speak to your passion. Yeah, with... with um, with our uh, editor is, of biscuits, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That is very on brand, Kelsey. Yeah, he would have well so many friends. It would be so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you dreaming about it? All right. <laughs> 
Well, thanks everyone for listening and for watching. And this wraps up the edition of the Notebook Dump, uh, closing out the week for Friday, March 17th. Have a great weekend or no. 